0: You are listening to Law and Gospel on this Thursday, February the 1st, in the year of our Lord, 2024. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me is my good friend, Wes Reimnitz. Good morning, Wes.
1: Good morning, Tom. How are you?
0: I'm doing very good, and once more, you got a very good email from a Robin Schumacher, And the title of it, If God Wants Everyone Saved, Why Isn't Everyone Saved? See, it's natural and normal for people to reject the Christian faith. The Bible isn't shy about telling us that. But if God wants everyone saved, why isn't everyone saved?
1: Well, there's a gospel message uh, where Paul talks about it in First Corinthians. Jews ask for signs, and the Greeks search for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to Jews, a stumbling block, and to Gentiles, foolishness.
0: So what Paul is saying is that people aren't saved because they have certain views of reality. Jews, for example, they can't understand how Christ crucified is their Savior. And Gentiles think that the resurrection from the dead is foolishness. So to the Jews back then, what was a crucified Messiah?
1: Well, he was a contradiction in terms to, to everyone else. The gospel sounds moronic. In fact, the Greek term Paul uses for foolishness is where we get the word for moron.
0: Yes. But the Bible also tells us that the same God who uses such a foolish message to proclaim salvation wants everyone saved. What does Paul say about that in 1 Timothy 2?
1: This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth.
0: Even Peter talks that way in 2 Peter 3 verse 9.
1: The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance.
0: So once more we have a problem. Is God all powerful?
1: Of course he is. You know, it kinda of reminds me of when you when know, I was in confirmation and it was going around then among among people if is Christ all-powerful and all-strength? Can he make a boulder, that a rock that he can't move? Well, of course he could. He's all-powerful.
0: So you were told he could make a rock, he couldn't move?
1: No. I'm saying if he made a rock, you can also move it.
0: Yes, that's correct. The whole universe is a rock. And he wants everyone saved then why did he make up such a foolish salvation message that many find absurd and end up rejecting? Does God really get what he wants or not?
1: Well, he wills more than than salvation for all of us. Something resulting is not everyone being saved, but God's overall purpose still is being accomplished
0: what are the two possible answers to the question about whether god gets what he wants or not
1: well number one there is a power in the universe greater than god that is frustrating him by overruling what he wills and number two that there is the theory that God gets what he wants, but he wills something more than salvation of all humanity. And with this, something resulting is not everyone being saved, but God's overall purpose still is being accomplished.
0: Now, there are people who say the first option is the right answer, that God is frustrated by the universe and cannot control it. But that sure goes in the way of your talking about there's no rock he can create that he can't lift. So those who feel that the universe gets in God's way, how do they feel, for example?
1: Well, God doesn't create us to be robots.
0: Uh, explain that.
1: Well, it is self determination, how God doesn't want us to be robots, and assertions that God would never force Himself upon us.
0: The majority of Christians who affirm God's sovereignty rule out option one, leaving Mm -hmm. option two as the only other possibility. But if that is true, then the question becomes, what is this thing that God desires more than the salvation of everyone?
1: What if there's another place in the Bible that brought our attention to the, the same dilemma? God wanting you to save people.
0: The answer must give is that God values human free will and a potential love relationship more than just saving all people by his grace wrote such replies is talk of self-determination. How does God not create or want robots and assertions that God would never force himself on us?
1: Well, you you find that uh, explicit biblical support, uh, you don't find biblical support for those assertions.
0: The exactly. Two
1: verses, the verses that were highlighted are often proof that God wants to to all save, provide no backing whatsoever in the line of reasoning.
0: So in a sense, the fact that everyone isn't saved, God does not give us the answer as to what he desires more than the salvation of all. But what if there was another place in the Bible that brought to our attention the exact same dilemma, God wanting to save people, but they aren't attaining salvation. But it did answer the question quite clearly as to why everyone is not being saved and stated what God wills more than the salvation of everyone. What does Paul say in Romans? What Paul says in Romans, he tells his readers what pains him the most. The fact that his fellow Jews are not experiencing God's salvation. In fact, he quotes that in Romans chapter 9. I am telling the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience testifies with me in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and increasing grief in my heart. Paul says, I could wish that I myself were accursed, separated from Christ, For the sake of my brethren, my kinsmen, my relatives, according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom belong the adoption as sons, and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the temple service and the promises, and from whom is the Christ according to the flesh, who is over all, God blessed forever. That's Romans 9, 1 to 5. How is the apostle's agony compounded by the fact if that such a thing is true? What does it mean?
1: What does it mean? You mean from... uh... Romans chapter 9?
0: Yeah. The apostle's agony is compounded by the fact that if such a thing is true, it means what?
1: That God has failed to keep his promises to Israel. He has, in effect, failed and not achieved what, what uh, he wants.
0: Yes, that's the same quandary that implicitly arises from 1st Timothy 2 and 2nd Peter 3 but it's not answered in those Pauline letters John Murray has something to say on articulating Paul's text in Romans what does he say
1: well the question posed For the apostle is, how can the covenant promise of God be regarded so invaluable that when the mass of those who belong to Israel have remained in unbelief and come short of the covenant promises?
0: And Paul has an answer to that question from Romans 9, 1 to 6.
1: It's not as though the word of God has failed, for they are not all Israel who descended from Israel.
0: Yeah, we need to remember that in the New Testament, Israel now refers to the Holy Christian Church, everybody in the kingdom of God. And what Paul is saying, they are not all Israel. Because some of them still think they're saved by their works. Paul says that it is not that God doesn't get what he wants. He's never thwarted. It's that not all those who were born Jews will be saved. But why aren't all Jews being saved?
1: Well, Paul tells us that because they are using their free will to deny God's gift of salvation, and that's why they're experiencing saving faith through through Christ, right?
0: Exactly. They deny salvation is free. They want to work towards it. So in verses 7 to 13... Paul uses the example of Isaac, Esau, and Jacob to make his point. What does he say in Romans 9, verse 11?
1: Well, for instance, God chose Abraham, not Isaac, then Isaac, not Ishmael, then Jacob, and not Esau. And that is where he talks about in Romans 9 so that God's purpose, according to his choice, would stand, not because of works, but because of him who calls.
0: What a difference. In every other religion, you're saved by your works. But in Christianity, you're saved because God calls you. Well, when does he call us?
1: Well, are you talking about when when he calls us by his word? Right. And, and, Holy and what baptism? sacrament? Holy baptism.
0: Yes. Yes. So all mm-hmm. Jews aren't being saved. Surely Paul will tell us it's because they're using their free will to deny God's gift of salvation. And that's why they aren't experiencing saving faith through Christ.
1: But isn't that free will tainted with sin?
0: Yes. And that's why they're not saved. Is they stay with their free will and refuse to have faith in Jesus Christ. So... Hmm. What does Paul say that not everyone who comes from Abraham gets the same treatment from God?
1: Well, what shall we say then? There is no injustice with God, is there may it never be.
0: Well, before they were born, God made his choice. The idea that some have put forward that God is talking of nations and not individual people cannot hold up under serious scrutiny. As if anticipating the exact same response that people who reject election today give to the idea of God choosing some and not others for salvation how does Paul respond to that in Romans 9:14?
1: What shall we say then? There is no justice with God, is there? May it never be.
0: Exactly. So Paul's question makes absolutely no sense if he believed in the free will argument of salvation. What is unjust about providing a way of salvation for everyone and letting everyone choose where they will accept it or not? The answer is what? Nothing. Yes. Instead, what is Paul's conclusion?
1: Well, he sums it up this way. So then it does not depend on man who wills or a man who who runs, but on God who has mercy.
0: That's really the difference between Christianity and every other religion, because nobody is saved by what they will. Now, what about the other key question we posed earlier, since everyone won't be saved, what is it that God desires more than everyone's salvation? Paul provides the answer. What does he say?
1: Well, uh, well, in 1 Corinthians, he, he stated earlier that uh, God's foolish message of salvation being only the one he calls. Jews call for signs, and the Greeks search for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. To the Jews, a stumbling block, and to the Gentiles, foolish. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks. And notice he puts both groups together. Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God.
0: What does he talk about in Romans 9, verses 20 to 24? I think it begins, who are you, old man?
1: Where are you, old man, who answers back? Who did you make like this? Uh, And does the potter have the right over the clay to make the same lump, one vessel for honorable use or common use? And what if God is willing to demonstrate his wrath, make his power known, endured with patience the vessels of wrath of destruction? He makes his riches of his glory upon vessels among Jews only, and that from, but also from among the Gentiles?
0: Yes. The answer Paul supplies is the same one given in a book called The End For Which God Created the World by Jonathan Edwards. What does he say
1: about God's passion? God's passion passion for the glory takes priority over the salvation of everyone.
0: Yes, there are two truths in (laughs) Romans. Romans. That caused many Christians to bristle. What are the two of them?
1: Well, first, God gets all the credit, 100% of the credit, even down to to you not choosing it for yourself. Yet, I'm uh, not a Christian today because you're smarter than unbelievers, figured out things or because you're humble or, or recognize your sin. Whereas
0: Why um, are you a Christian?
1: Holy Spirit. God chose me through the Holy Spirit, through through my holy baptism.
0: And what's the second hard truth?
1: Is that God gets the glory when he showcases his justice and wrath in the same way. He does when he distributes his mercy. Then God is only glorified through the kindness that he shows on deserving people. But God also desires to put his justice on display and allows to continue to be chosen in their sin. He receives glory as well as this.
0: How did Daniel Fuller describe it like?
1: Well, to show the full range of his glory... God prepares beforehand not only vessels of mercy, but vessels of wrath, in order that the riches of the glory in connection with the vessels of mercy might therefore become more clearly manifested.
0: So all of us are born what and deserve what?
1: (laughs) Well, we're all born sinners and deserve God's justice. By grace, God calls some. Not from Jews only, but also from the Gentiles, for salvation, and receives glory of his mercy.
0: Others he leaves in their chosen rebellion, and with these he receives glory for his justice. When did that first occur?
1: Well, you, you. when that first occurs. Right. Well, I'm
0: talking about Adam and Eve.
1: Yeah, Adam and Eve fell into sin, and God promised them a saving, what is it, Genesis
0: 3.16? But they first chose rebellion. Yeah. And therefore... Well, That's where you find explicit support for God not wanting us to use our human free will over our salvation. Hmm. But in Romans, you don't find explicit text dealing what God desires most. And what he most desires is what?
1: Right. he desires more than than everyone's salvation. Uh, he is, as we started out that in a different passage, that God wants all to be saved and uh, come to the, the knowledge of a loving, merciful God.
0: So, what He desires more than anything is His glory, that comes from displaying. Both his mercy and justice on those whom he chooses. And when did he choose you and me?
1: Well, in our baptism, when, he, when uh, we were we were washed clean through through the water and the word. The
0: Bible also says he chose us before the foundation of the world.
1: Yeah, that kind of troubles a few people. Why some and not others before the foundation of the world. Well, that's what this
0: whole article is about.
1: That's right.
0: And we hope we have given some explanation that God does desire everyone to be saved, but people are not saved because they want to follow their own will. They want to do their own works. They don't want to listen to God. They reject His advice and reject the power of the Holy Spirit.
1: I think you stated it well when you go clear back to Adam and Eve when they rejected God's advice and His will when it came to that tree and ate of that fruit.
0: Yep. God said, You eat of it, you die. Satan says, you eat of it and you will become like God. And that's why Satan's temptations are far more powerful for people. Because they seem to have a better deal. Well, thanks so much, Wes, in helping us with that question. If God wants everyone saved, why isn't everyone saved? And we'll get more into that on tomorrow's Law and Gospel at 9.30. I'm Tom Baker, and you've been listening with Wes Reimnitz. God bless you.